Last time on Almost Heroes. We pick up where the gang left off with a formal council with Lady Zoran. Finally remembered her name. Uh, we learned that Rangrim and the sizable red dragonborn, Bokrin, knew each other in the past and were friends? Kind of kind of vague? Okay, friends. So, uh, almost instantly, Cosmo decides to consistently bring the smoke Lady Zoran's way because... He's not trying to uh, get betrayed. And uh, tensions run high the whole time. And a uh, means of uh, kind of appeasing the heat, Glenn declares to Lady Zoran that he has a few requirements before he's willing to help the Revivifists in an attempt to foster transparency among the two groups. He reveals that Cosmo is in fact the source of dark steel that she's been using to arm her army, which she finds both interesting and probably slightly terrifying, kind of levels the playing field between the two. After some philosophizing and mental sparring between Lady Zoran and the guy, our heroes, most of us, eventually agree to help Lady Zoran and the Revivifists. And uh, shortly towards the middle of the episode, it was declared that anyone could just be an avatar of anything. So I've come up with a couple. Uh, Glyn is the avatar of stealing shit. Rangrim is the avatar of ancestors. And Cosmo, obviously, is the avatar of Morgan. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 110, On Edge. So we last left our Almost Heroes, the three of you had finally sat down with the leader of the Fist, and after an uh, extended dialogue, have decided to join them in their mission to resurrect the old gods. Well, most of you have, anyway. Um, and so just as you were wrapping up, you were interrupted by Tom the bartender and Doss bursting into the room quite unexpectedly. So as, uh, you know, Tom, the hulking form of this, uh, of this very, you know, friendly uh, uh, Goliath kind of go, comes, like, comes kind of charging through the door with these two chests underneath his arms with just like overflowing with essentially dark steel ore. Uh, you see him. We have your medal, Lady Zoran. Uh, oh, and <laughs> Lady Zoran just kind of like putting her like, just like her scaly hand, just kind of covering her face goes, why thank you, Tom. And Doss kind of stepping out from behind him. Uh, hey, oh, uh, sorry about that, my lady. Uh, looks like we're, looks like you're uh, quite busy in here. Uh, we'll just go drop these off uh, at the forge for you, huh? How about that? Hey Tom, and, uh, hey Doss. <laughs> uh, hey, and he kind of is like waving over to you, and then just kind of like uh, tugging on Tom's uh, uh, like kind of uh, essentially like I think he, I think Tom wears like a, a loose kind of like linen shirt and like um, like probably just like brown trousers. Just kind of like tucks on his shirt. Goes, hey uh, Tom, let's just uh, let's uh, have a go about this way and leave him leave him be, huh? And uh, he kind of uh, starts <laughs> heading back out the door. Um, you see uh, Lady Zoran just kind of like nodding in annoyance as she kind of like takes her hand off of her face. And no, uh, you see Doss and Tom leave. And uh, so you're kind of sitting there and there's like maybe maybe a second or two of just kind of like silence as uh, you see Nybarg just like kind of awkwardly like apologizing quietly, just kind of like, I'm sorry, just, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And he's just like shuts the door. <laughs> like Just like, Ehh! behind uh behind tom and Doss as they uh both head out of the room uh leaving you know 
the four of you, as well as uh, as as well as Bakarin and Lady Zoran, uh, in the room again by yourselves. And uh, Lady Zoran uh, turns to uh, the four of you. I look forward to hearing more about your uh, how you came to acquire this dark steel, as well as how you came to work with our friend the Baron. But we'll have to wait for another day. Uh, and she stands up, uh, stepping over to the edge of the brazier. Bryn, Cosmo, Glinyaris, please stand and approach the brazier and raise your right arm in front of you. And she kind of steps up, uh, holding her uh, kind of arms like out to uh, like over the brazier. Uh, just kind of you see her like, you know, kind of multicolored dragonborn form uh just kind of illuminated in this uh red kind of glowing embers of the brazier in the center of the room what are we doing <laughs> um so she she kind of looks over at you as you i assume three of you just don't get that you know Bryn. i don't think gets up at all i think he's just kind of everyone's looking at at uh ladies ran in puzzlement and goes well you promised to swear yourselves to the Reviver this, so we will perform the swearing-in ceremony. Uh, that entails fire how? The fire is only for, I guess, dramatic effect, but what it will do is essentially prove your, well, trustworthiness and authenticity and put some essentially arcane words behind your promise to support and, well, not betray the Revivus to the Empire. Rangram's sitting there smoking a cigarette from his beard, being the only one that said he wouldn't pledge, <laughs> slaps Glenn on like that. So, there you go, Glenn. Let him know how trustworthy you are. There you go. Do you, do you think? Yeah, what's the, the gray area of this promise we're about to make? Because I like to kind of <laughs> dance between lines, and I don't want some uh, holier-than-thou uh, arbiter of the old gods knocking on my door when, you know, I maybe take one of the gods' name in vain candidly to uh, <clears throat> maybe make some friends, if you will. I, I like to kind of, you know, hang out in the gray area. I'm just trying to figure out how literal we're getting with this this branding there will be no physical visual brand what we will be doing is like i said you will be you have already promised to swear yourself to our cause and not to betray us this will essentially give us a bit of arcane reassurance behind those words essentially uh. if you were to break your word, there would be consequences. Uh, Cosmo at that point stands up. Kind of, I'm, we're back into character here and he stands up and he says, well, uh, what do I have to back that you won't break your word? Interesting. And what word would you like me to take? What? You say, what word? Uh, what words would you like me to give you? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're going to back up mine with arcane magic. And now I just have to 
trust that I hand over what I promised, make an arcane bound promise, and then I just have to hope that you follow yours? I just seem to have come a bit more prepared than you, it seems. Eh, that's fair then. Mm. Usually when you, like, join clubs like this, you get some kind of, you know, perks. What what are the perks of undying fealty to some arcane agreements? She, uh, she looks at you. Like a membership card or, like, Costco cards or... Well, of course, there will be a members-only jacket, but uh, that's you know, we'll, we'll get I'm you in. fitted for that after the after. <laughs> uh, it, you see Bakker in the back, kind of like just nod and like give you a thumbs up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> but uh, she goes, uh, and along with that, of course, the full supports of the Revivus Army when you are on missions uh, to you know recover ancient artifacts of incredible power and whatnot and she kind of like looks at you seriously putting her arms down because i'm not trying to make you swear to something that is going to put your life in danger or to (laughs) make you do things that you don't want to do we're just looking for a bit of reassurance that you won't take this information that we will provide you when we work together and run immediately to the empire we're just looking for assurances here and this doesn't change the fact that we're hoping that we can accomplish our goals together. Uh, one one last question: We're we're swearing fealty to the the revivifists at this moment. Does that does that uh you know, God's forbid, you don't make it out of this war? Does that partnership get handed down, or is that something that uh terminates with you, respectfully? Um, roll me a, uh, insight. That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's like a slightly veiled, like a, like a lightly veiled threat of like, so do we just have to kill you to get out of this deal? <laughs> or is there like, well, do we have to kill like everyone? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, 14. Okay. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she, she looks at you and mm-hmm. kind of like gives you a, a, a slight, a slight smirk and goes, I don't have any intention of leaving this mortal plane quite yet. So, but I don't have any problem with telling you that this fealty will be sworn only and only bound while I am in charge of the Revivus. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm assuming the members only jackets on its way. And uh, this is only going to be to you. I'm, I'm in. Your, your big red friend over here, uh, Bakrin, obviously, I mean, this with utmost respect. I have a feeling you would just send me straight into a fireball if uh, you had control. So, ladies, you're on. You seem a little more stable, maybe. Uh, Avatar of Tiamat. So, sure, why not? And Glenn just walks over to the brazier and just, like, holds his right arm out over the brazier. Um, I think Bryn gets up and goes, you know, to be honest, I, uh, <laughs> I don't really have, uh, too much to, uh, well, this means literally nothing to me. This is a loner body anyway. And he just kind of stands up and puts his right arm over the brazier. Good point. 
Yeah, everyone looks expectantly at Cosmo. Do it if you're cool. Do it if you're cool. All the cool kids are doing it. For sure. Oh, wait, wait, like wait, cast. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Ringworm's going to get up and walk towards the brazier. He's going to light a smoke with it. <laughs> I'm going to go sit back down. You that definitely gets like a, a bit of a, a like a, a you just see a slight smirk uh, from Bachran uh, in the corner. Uh, Does that mean his internal bellows now are like promised to the old gods? I feel like that's more internal than what we're about to do. Uh, who's to say? But probably. What are, you, what are you doing there, Cosmo? Other than biting time, I this was looking fire's at my. not getting any colder. I was looking at. I know. I was looking at my spell list to see. She came prepared. I did not, so I needed at least thirty seconds to uh, see what I could prepare real quick. If only you'd had two weeks. If only. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't get to do uh, that. Ah, ah, ah. If only oh, I had Cosmo, known I know. for two weeks that I would have to make an arcanic uh, commitment to... Yes, I would have come up with an alternative. Should have rolled in a divination wizard. Come on. Nah. All right, Cosmo, if you, if you want to make this a little bit weirder, here you go. And Ringroom's going to hand him a small bag of wizard weed. <laughs> Specifically, the Zone of Truth wizard weed. And just lean back in his chair and shrug. Bakker from the back goes, "Yeah, you didn't tell me you were holding, man." I got, I got, I got you. I got you. All right, all right. Um, I mean, I could cast it, but I mean, I don't. The question and answer portion of our time is over. So, um, I guess Cosmo. He, I don't know that he, he does it reluctantly. He's, I don't really like this, but I guess he does it. I don't know. That's all I got. It's, I mean, if you have something to do, if you I have don't, something to do, I don't, don't have anything okay. to do. I don't, okay. I have no clue and fine. So I have, okay. I have no, no you're fine. You're fine. Okay. So reluctantly, Cosmo steps up to the brazier, raising his right arm. Um, uh, you see Lady Zoran uh, step back, you know, who's been standing there, raise her arms, um, and kind of you see this, you see the, like, her arms begin to kind of, like, start channeling this, this energy that seems to be kind of raising out of the brazier and, like, kind of swirling up her arms. And you can see what looks like a line of arcane runes that are made, like, almost kind of, like, it's there. It's almost like they're made out of that same kind of like reddish orange hue that the embers are uh, that are in the embrace of themselves. And they're kind of swirling around her arms as she begins to speak. Do you swear to aid us in restoring the old gods? And she looks at you uh, kind of expectantly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Good show, enthusiasm, sure. boys. I'm not sure it was nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Bryn just kind of, uh, I mean, yeah. 
Do you swear to be honest with us, no matter the cost? Uh, Ingram's just shooting daggers at Glenn right now. Like Glenn pulls his arm back. I don't. I think we need uh, to have a better understanding of our relationship because, as a person, no. She she looks at she looks at you as these uh, arcane runes are starting to like uh, come out from her arms and are starting to like essentially start to snake around your uh your right arms um you as you actually pull it back you feel a kind of like there's a resistance there uh and she goes let me rephrase that do you swear to be honest with us no matter the cost in regards to the missions that you will be on that that have to do with that pertain to the revivists Within reason, sure. Yeah, why not? I could probably maybe commit to that. Yeah, that one's fine. <laughs> Bryn, anything Bryn. that I have is brutal honesty. You can tell Bryn is just kind of like just wants to get this over with. He's just like, "Yep." Um, I think I think at this point, Bryn's been alive so long. This is like taking far too long for him. This um, is his fifth time doing this. Like with new adventures. <laughs> yeah. Just different bodies all the time. Oh, first time? Um, it's the it's the, the meme. Oh, this is your first time signing up mm-hmm. for Cold? your first oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, it's, exactly. As the news Don't worry, this you get a neck. ton of urgency yeah. to be sick. Oh my god. Um as uh as this as these um as these rune these this like magical runes uh begin to like wrap around your entire arm at this point, like almost all the way up to the elbow, you can feel that there's like a little bit of heat, but it's not burning you by any means. It's just like they are essentially coming out of Lady Zoran's arms and essentially like kind of snaking around and wrapping down your arms and kind of connecting everyone at this uh that is standing around this brazier. And finally do you swear to never betray us or to share information we provide you with the Empire or their allies? You're muted. It, yeah, that, that's fine. They don't really like us anyways. Yeah, I could probably agree to that one too. Sure, let's do this. And uh, as uh, as... Bryn utters that kind of like final confirmation. Um, you feel, you see the chains of these rune markings uh, kind of like break as and kind of separate uh, as they kind of like are wrapping around each individual person's arm. And they seem to kind of just like, they don't burn you, but you feel this warmth kind of like as they kind of uh, constrict, they kind of, uh, you feel as if they almost like sink into your right arm, like beneath the skin, leaving no visual markings at all. But you can probably imagine that these have done some sort of binding spell that is uh, attached to you uh, and your person. Um, You know, again, uh, as far as you, uh, as far as you know, um, and I will say that your insight on Lady Zoran uh, during that insight check was very, very good. You don't have, you don't believe like she that she was lying to you by any means. Um, you have all, uh, you know, been sealed by this uh, essentially promise to Revivus. And as this uh, as this spell reaches its its completion, Lady Zoran puts her arms down, and with a uh, much warmer uh, kind of like you know, kind of smile than she's shown so far as she's been like very calculating and like, I mean, friendly, but you can tell that it was like, she was still 
being very kind of like she was trying to get the get what she wanted um, and make sure that you guys were on the level. Uh, there's a level of warmth there that she has not shown yet, and she says, "Welcome to the Revivists." And um, she kind of uh, she she kind of like yeah gives a little gives a, gives a little clap. Bakarin in the background is like giving like giving like a big slow kind of uh, clumsy clap. Um, and uh, Glenn excited, just looking at everybody's clapping like. <laughs> well now that that has been taken care of i believe that we still have some business to attend to uh those shards that you have brought us i believe that it would likely be best to get them in the hands of our arcanist to see what kind of information they will be able to uh dissect from them if you are if you don't mind i would be happy to Actually, uh, she kind of like uh, turns to Bakarin and goes, Bakarin, if you wouldn't mind showing them uh, over to Dax's Arcanium. Dax's Arcanium? Yeah, Bakarin, lead the way. Conquer (laughs) Um, conquer that path straight to where she told you to go. (laughs) He he looks at you just immediately just making the decision that he... Uh, will not be giving you the next high five that you ask for. Um, and uh, kind of uh, Lady Zoran, uh, who kind of like gives you all like a, you know, kind of a uh, a bow that is, um, you know, kind of, you can tell it's, it's genuine. Like she's, she's you know, just kind of like a, a, a very like subtle bow, just kind of, you can tell that, you know, that she's happy with the way that that went. And um you guys don't feel any with you know this this like essentially promise you've made to the Ruvist, uh, but um, like I said, you can probably tell that there is some sort of magic. And if anyone wants to do any uh, kind of uh, snooping into it later, I'm sure you can. But um, Bakran heads the door and opens it wide uh, for essentially the four of you to kind of uh, lead the way out of the room. Lynn's Zephyria and curtsies because we don't believe in gender norms over there. Now, what does that look like? Uh, very flowy. Whatever that means to you. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, whatever that means in your mind's eye, that's canon. So it's kind of like a uh, Schrodinger's Schrodinger's curtsy. Glenn <laughs> uh, falls long, but he, he definitely trails to the back. And once, once we're outside, cause I'm assuming this isn't just like a network of buildings, right? We have, we're, we're going outside into the reverse. Into the road. main. Yeah. So it's, it's still, it's into the main, uh, you're actually entering, uh, out, you're exiting out of this room into like essentially the war room where there's like that huge table uh, where there's like, you know, shows all the armies and, and kind of uh, where the uh, military strength of Sakal has been amassed. Um, and you've, you've already, I think, looked at this before and you've kind of, uh, you know, taken in what you need to see there. But um, yeah, like I said, you can see like all the armies of, you know, the empire as well as the, um, in kind of where they're organized as well as the Rufus armies. Uh, since Glenn's trailing in the very back, he's going to quickly write down on some little post-it notes, uh, do not attack, and he places them over Whitport, Tintown, Drifton, the Shimmering Isles, and Rockdale. Okay. Um, yeah, roll me a slide of hand. Oh, I will. Just like that hand. Uh, a bunch. 17 plus a bunch. Not 17 plus a bunch, but 10 plus a bunch. 25. <laughs> Okay. Um, 
Awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, I mean, I think that uh, Bakarin is kind of like, as, as Bakarin's holding the, uh, you know, still holding the door open is like doing, you know, some last, like having the last like short conversation with Lady Zoran, uh, you're able to head over to the table and leave these without anyone noticing that you have done so. Perfect. And um, yeah, once we're outside, Glenn is going to summon uh, Fox Poe. And he's going to tell Fox Poe, uh, let me know anytime Lady Zoran ends up leaving this room. Just, just do your best to not be immediately murdered. But uh, yeah, keep an eye on her. Uh, this this looks like a fennec fox, right? It's like the one with the big ears. Is that what we decided on? Yeah, but like a wintry wintry fennec fox. But since okay. it's got a little bit of fey to it, there's probably some like tufts of you know how like dogs have like tufts of uh, uh, like birthmarks where the color's just different. There's probably little tufts of like rainbow birthmarks all over the place, mainly so Branch has some cool shit to draw. I love it. Um, I uh, yeah. So you, um, I think that you, uh, you kind of like kneel down to uh, to kind of like you know summon summon Poe in this in this fox form, and I think um, as uh, I think Poe gives you a couple like uh, playful yips and uh, like nibbles your fingers affectionately, and then uh, kind of um, like maybe a, a, a final lick on the hand, and then kind of heads off. Um, and you see them kind of slip between the uh, the doorway as it's uh, as it's essentially shutting um, as Bakarin uh, kind of brings up the rear, uh, exiting this building. And I don't think he uh, takes notice of this uh, small fox that uh, slips in the door behind him. Um, but yeah, so you all are have entered back out into uh, you've exited this like huge, like I said, kind of like Nordic style, like essentially kind of like just Nordic Nordic style hall, this massive wood and stone building um, that is just like covered, like essentially gargoyle style um, with all of these, uh, you know, they're different, you know, the, the old, essentially statues, of the old gods um, in different levels of, um, you know, kind of uh, decay uh, and also materials that they're created out of. Uh, it seems like, like I said, they've been uh, kind of sourced from all around Sakal and uh, maybe even beyond the, uh, you know, beyond the seas on either side. Um, and you venture back out into the uh, town of Goshir. And so like, again, this is a small town. It's um, it's relatively uh, kind of humble in its stylings, but you can tell that it is like a very sturdy town that seems to have been there for a very long time, probably outdating the Revivus use of it. Um, and around this, this town, there's this like magical bubble um, that you can just kind of see. It's like slightly opaque and slightly kind of like a, I think it. I think it's kind of shimmering with like a, a like a bluish uh, sheen, but you can. It's it's mostly translucent, but like you can tell it's there, especially because the fact that when the snow hits it, it kind of like evaporates, and you can tell that that's probably you know you can see that well high above you is where that that thing kind of um, is protecting. Probably like I would say good sixty feet uh, above the town itself. Um, but yeah, uh, you can see over the edge uh, into kind of the the, long, the far distance over the Frostfire Plains. Um, but yeah, you are in this um, you are in this small town, and uh, Bakarin kind of grunts over at you, uh, "Follow me," and starts heading uh, heading through the town um, and uh, leads uh, leads you towards what looks like a. Um, it is probably the weirdest building, aside from Pops's shop you've ever seen. Even from the outside, this, so again, everything, every, all the buildings in this town are this like very sturdy Nordic wood and stone architecture. This building looks like that, but there are just 
pipes and glass tubes and like different kind like it looks like things have just been bolted onto the outside of this building um, with like different color smokes that are coming out of it. Um, and like, you can see like tubes of liquid that are like literally going out one side of it and kind of swirling over the top and coming back in other parts. Like it looks incredibly like, you, it is those, one of the strangest looking buildings you've ever seen. Like I said, there's probably five or six different colors of smoke that are coming out of like three, you know, three styles of chimneys on the top of this building. It looks like there's no rhyme or reason for how this thing was constructed. And it actually looks like it probably wouldn't be standing if not for some sort of magical like support. Lynn gets excited and starts like power walking ahead of Bachran. <laughs> Does Bachran <laughs> let him beat him? Uh, roll me in athletics. Hell yeah. Oh, so bad. Uh, three. <laughs> Uh, you start you start power walking and Bakarin feeling uh, competitive starts power walking faster than you, and it's just like it's just like you guys are just like absolute old lady status, just like and trying to keep up with each other, <laughs> and uh, you uh, you are just absolutely left in the dust by this massive uh, red dragonborn um, who like hurries hurries as fast as he can to the door, uh, just like really kind of doing that. Uh, you know, just kind of flaunting, uh, flaunting the caboose as he's uh, as he's heading to the door, and uh, kind of opens it, uh, kind of opens it wide. It seems like the door kind of gets stuck at first, and then he just kind of like pulls it open. And uh, I think that I would say that probably just the color smokes that are coming out of the roof, like you see a bunch of them just kind of like out the doorway um, as this uh, as this door is um, opened, and you, I mean, you hear the just like gurgles and pops and not like the same kind of like tinkering like you know mechanical whirring that you would hear but just like ex small explosions and uh like the gurgling of like many flasks of liquid um and just kind of uh arcane magical sounds uh coming out of this uh this strange room that seems to be in a uh, colorful magical haze uh yes glenn's walking in he kind of pats bachran on the shoulder he goes uh Good race. It's it's one for you. Okay, I'll get you on the next one. <laughs> he um he he he, he kind of looks at you and uh, goes that he does he does give you put up a hand for a high five. Do you high five? Man. Okay, good. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so uh, does everyone uh does everyone enter the uh enter the the crazy magical cabin? Yeah, I would follow suit. <clears throat> okay. Um, so as you go into this room, I I think that. It is strange for a number of reasons, a few of which I will outline for you. It looks like the most magical mad scientist place you have ever seen. Like think like you wouldn't be surprised if there's a Frankenstein monster that is being going to be uh, just kind of resurrected in a room next to you. Like it doesn't look as like malicious as uh, as that, but like the just kind of like there is no rhyme or reason to how this thing is created. There are shelves going all the way up to the ceiling and a number of like tables that are on different levels as if like you would just have to walk up like weird staircases to like get to these other raised tables and platforms as well as like just books lining the room as well um and i think that you kind of have to squint through the multicolored like just kind of smoky haze in this room and i think it's like it's kind of like this it smells like um, if you burned like five different incense in a very small room at the same time. It's just a lot going on in here. Uh, 
I think that mixed with like a bed bath and or with a bath and body works. It's just, it's a lot of things going on in the same space that it's just, it's an, it's an overwhelming amount of stuff for the senses. Um, and I think as you're kind of, uh, kind of peering through this room, uh, you see a, uh, a form that is, uh, that's on one of kind of the higher workstations, uh, who's kind of, uh, you know, turned, turned away from you. Um, but they, uh, as you kind of enter into the room, uh, Bacharin kind of like, just kind of shuts the door uh, loudly, kind of trying to make, uh, you know, kind of trying to get out their attention. Um, and you see this, uh, this person turn around. Um, they seem to be uh, elven, and they're, um, but, but kind of, um, what I think, uh, Glenn, you would recognize this as more of a, a wood elf. They kind of have a little bit more of like a crunchy, uh, a crunchy appearance. Um, think like uh, this is, you know, this is someone who uh, their, you know, their their snack of choice would be Cliff Bars. They probably wear Birkenstocks. Just really kind of um, a crunchy individual, um, and they are uh, they're wearing, you know, kind of robes that you can probably tell were fancy at some point. Um, they're actually kind of multicolor in their appearance. Um, but they've been burned uh, and scorched in so many places that I think at this point they are, um, you know, they are no longer kind of, they're no longer fancy robes, uh, but they, they're kind of wearing these uh, multicolored pearlescent uh, robes. And uh, they are, I, I think um, one of the things that strikes you immediately is that they're wearing these glasses that seem to have like six or seven different lenses on them of different colors that are kind of like lifted up in different directions. Um, but you can tell that like, the uh, the different like glass itself seems to be um, all of different and completely different hues, although you don't know exactly what their purpose is. And as and they kind of lift them up onto their head. Uh, they're not goggles; they're actual like like glasses, glasses. Um, and they uh, they turn uh, turn over to you. So um, Das, who kind of uh, or not Das, I'm sorry, Dags, uh, who uh, kind of comes and uh, walks down uh, on down this uh, staircase down to meet the, uh, I guess, the five of you. Goes, well, Bakarin, what have you, uh, what have you brought for me? Um, and he's kind of like, he kind of like puts the glasses back down and kind of clicks a couple of the lenses and you see like a, a blue and a green one and his, his eyes, they don't magnify, but they kind of like, uh, he's looking at the three of you and he, or the four of you and goes, wow. Um, White, uh, you all just, just packed to the gills with magic items. Yeah, we, uh, we've been busy. What is this? I'm just going to pick up the closest thing to him. <laughs> it, um, I think that, uh, actually roll me a, uh, hmm. What do you pick up? Just describe it to me. The shiniest thing I can see. Okay. Um, I think it is a, uh, I think it's a vial of this, what looks like kind of uh, metallic fluid um, in like a small vial uh, that has a, has a stopper on the top of it. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think it's like a, it's kind of round. Uh, it has like a, a little like cork in the top of it. That's maybe golf ball size. Um, I think, I think Dags looks at you and goes, whatever you do, don't, um, don't drop that one. I'm not exactly sure what it would do, but I'm pretty sure it might create a plane to a, a portal to another plane of existence. Good to know. Good to know. Flynn's gonna put it down and also cast minor illusion. 
Okay. Um, roll me a. Uh, it, does does minor illusion have? Uh, are you trying to do this secretly? I will happily slide a hand this cast. Yes. Does it have verbal? I don't components? think so. It's just sorry. My cat really wants uh, my attention. Oh, there is a somatic component to it. So the somatic component will be like, oh, that's interesting as he's like putting it down. That'll be like the, the verbiage for casting it. Okay, slide a hand. Oh boy. Dags fucked around and found out. 32, 33. Okay. Um, you, uh, you are able to successfully cast a minor illusion. What do you do? Uh, I cast minor illusion and pretend that it's falling, but I've already put it down. And it's like falling towards the ground, about to crack. Does he? Does he do anything? Uh, I think. Ooh, hold on one second. Uh, Dags. Let's see how ready uh, this guy is. You see Dags, uh, who probably for for better or for worse, um, I think just like their chill demeanor is. It's, it seems like it permeates pretty much about every every bit of their being. You see them definitely see it. But they don't make a move uh, to grab it. But you see Bakarin, who dives across the floor uh, to grab it, and just kind of like lands, and like you can hear the dark steel armors go as he uh, as he doesn't make it in time, um, and it uh, it just kind of falls in front of him. Uh, what do you make uh, the minor illusion do? So as it like just kind of it dissipates right in front of him, Glenn holds out a hand down to help Bakarin up, and goes one one. Um, I think I think he takes your hand to get up, uh, and then um, let me see. Oh, that's a natural one. He goes to uh, he goes to punch you in the shoulder, and uh, I think you're able to just like sidestep out of the way <laughs> so that it doesn't it doesn't actually hit you at all. I think it, that's such a bad punch, and I think he just absolutely like I think he's just off balance, and he just doesn't even. Uh, and he, I think embarrassed, he kind of just like grumbles and goes and stands, uh, stands back, uh, you know, kind of out of the way. He goes, Dax, they have uh, some crystals or something, something that's I don't know, there's something that uh, ladies around wants you to take a look at. It's, I think you're gonna need the uh, the the projecting stuff. I don't whatever. That's out of my uh, that's out of my jurisdiction. Any kind of uh, you can tell that he's. Not this is not probably his strong suit is understanding uh, the arcane arts, um, and uh, Dag's kind of uh, uh, nodding, uh, nodding politely goes, oh, of course, yes, um, interesting. Okay, so you have yes, uh, Lady Zoran did uh, did tell me about this. So from my understanding, you have some sort of gem or fragment that may or may not contain the soul or memories of a long dead god is that a correct assumption that's that's about right that's cosmo reaches yeah we got we, we got some pretty cool stuff uh cosmo reaches under his chest plate and pulls the tie and hands him the uh bag of holding with uh, one big piece in it Okay. Um, he, uh, he takes it from you and kind of holds it in his hand and goes, just the one, huh? That's, um, well, this won't take long at all. And uh, he, um, he kind of, uh, he takes it from you and 
uh, walks to the the desk that I think it's probably one of the higher ones. Um, and he lifts this this thing off of it. And you notice me like this thing is this is a large piece of um, what looks like you know, kind of arcane technology. And he's like carrying it down and as as he gets like closer down the stairs. For one thing, you're like, this guy's either incredibly like imperceptibly yoked or this thing is like magically lighter than it should be. Um, because it, it seems like it is this um, this this mad, massive piece of like stone that has just like runic carvings all the way around it. And as it's coming down, you could recognize that these are all like essentially like symbology of the old gods. Like these are, these are all like old, um, old runes. Um, and there is this kind of like, it's, it's, I think that you recognize immediately as kind of like dark steel in construction, but it is like incredibly fine. It's something you would probably, uh, Glenn see, uh, similar to something that like pops would create. Um, but it's almost like they, these, this wiring that's coming up and like, it seems like it is, uh, designed to hold something between these two pieces of uh, of metal that are coming up, and then on the uh, you know kind of next to that, you see two pieces of metal that are coming up, and you see a massive um, what looks like lens made out of this kind of like purple uh, kind of partially translucent stone. So, big cylindrical base covered in runes with these kind of like two. Uh, essentially kind of like U-shaped wire pieces that are coming up. Uh, one that is uh, essentially holding a, looks like a purple lens, uh, and the other one that is holding nothing. Um, and he kind of like brings it down and sets it on the uh, the table in uh, at the lower level and kind of in front of the three, the four of you, and uh, goes and kind of like grabs the bag and kind of like drops the, uh, uh, drops the shard out onto his, onto his hand. And you see, like, again, this is like this, it almost looks like black opaline material. Uh, this this shard of this uh, what was essentially the crystal uh, that Loth's soul had been captured in before it was shattered, and um, he kind of takes it and looks at it between you know kind of like flips a couple of those lenses down, maybe a red and a green one, and looking at it and goes, interesting, and uh, takes it and holds it between those uh, two. Uh, kind of the empty pieces of metal uh, and you see the shard levitate there and begin to kind of spin uh, slowly at first. Um, but then as he takes his hands and kind of puts them around the outside of the cylinder, you see the runic markings all alight. Um, and you see this energy start to flow out of his hands as uh, you see the crystal spin faster and faster, starting to illuminate with this kind of like radiant white light. And then you see a beam project out of it through the purple glass and a projection appears on the wall, um, essentially on the bookshelf, be kind of like behind this, uh, this arcane device. Um, and you start to see a couple different things. There is, uh, at first, it looks like, it looks like just, the inside of like it looks like material. It looks like there, you, like there is just you're seeing material, and it kind of like it's moving around as if this kind of like you're, this like circular image you're seeing looks like just like material that is uh, super zoomed in and is like kind of projected up onto the the wall. And he goes, "How long have you had this in the bag?" And he kind of you see him take his hands and start to like rotate it around this uh, cylindrical base, and you see the uh this playback 
start to essentially go in reverse and start to rewind as he uh, is essentially viewing through uh, what looks like the the memories stored on this uh, on this crystal. Um, and you start to see a few different things. Uh, so you see the the kind of like inside jostling of the bag start to like uh, speed up in reverse as it uh, as as, as a, you kind of all have traveled with this uh, piece of shard in the bag itself. Um, and then you start to, uh, as you get back further, he kind of like starts rotating faster um, until you see a part where there is a, um, a visual of you recognize immediately as the inside of the Chapel of the Seven in Drifton. Um, and you see it like, just kind of like from a kind of like a, a almost like a a bird's eye view partially like up on the wall you see the three of you um and you see like i think uh who's i i, I think it was probably um glenn i think that that retrieved this uh piece from the wall glenn you see right. yourself kind of walk towards it and actually grab it in your hand um and he kind of like he kind of goes back further and you see the aftermath of the battle that you had with Bryn as Loth, where Bryn is like his leg is missing and he's kind of laying against um, the altar at the front. And you see the three of you just kind of like, uh, just kind of like in this aftermath, like I think Cosmo's still unconscious. You see uh, Callahan reviving um, Eustace over in the corner as like the, like the, the, the aftermath of this battle with Loth is like, just like you're seeing the, this, these events in reverse. Um, he's like kind of like looks back over at Bryn and Bryn just kind of like sheepishly sheepishly just kind of goes, uh, yep. <laughs> and he kind of like goes back even further. Um, and he's kind of like looking at the three, like the the four of you, like that. Um, this seems like there's a story to be told here. And he's kind of going back further and further. Um, and it's see, it's like. It shows the uh, the three of you standing in a um, in the partially destroyed Chapel of the Seven, fighting against a bunch of spiders. You see, uh, you see, uh, essentially, Lolth Bryn, uh, who is like still in full form. I think you see him drop from the ceiling with Cosmo mounted onto his back. Uh, as uh, you like, um, I think that you see Cosmo uh, diving in. Uh, you know, kind of war pick first. Um, and uh, beams of energy kind of just start, start to, to like tear uh, this chapel apart. Um, and then I think at that point, the memory, uh, the memory goes blank. Um, and you see, uh, I think that at that point, the, the, you know, the, the projection shuts off and he just kind of blinks um, and flips up, uh, takes his hand off of this arcane uh, device and turns around and goes, well, that was interesting, but is this all you have? That's where the, that's where this, uh, I don't think there's anything else in this one. So it's just holding a memory. It's not actually holding a part of it. That's an in, in interesting, um, it's interesting. I would say that, uh, I mean, I guess that we're into philosophical questions now, and he's kind of looking up, and uh, he seems intrigued by this question. He goes, you could say that, yes, I mean, I, there is certainly something within this, but this seems to only be a fragment of a greater whole, and what is 
a soul, if not just a collection of memories that make it what it is? Well, you remember that uh, image that you saw projected on the side of that wall there uh, with uh, my old friend Quinn here where he was trying to kill us and all of that? Uh, yes, it was quite it was quite riveting, actually. I probably will go back and watch it in uh, in real time. It was much worse in person than when it was trying to kill you. Much, much worse. Oh, I um, imagine. Can't confirm. So is there a more of it? Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, we've kept it all separate. Because I'm not about to have that happen again. He he kind of looks at you and he's he he nods his head and goes, I can understand that. I can certainly understand that. How about this? So you say that you have these other pieces, these other shards. I'm uh, assuming there are a number of them, more than you know, more than the single one you have here. What if we were to inspect them individually and replacing them uh, into this, you know, this other receptacle as they are inspected. Um, and I will happily keep them separate as I go through it. I promise you, I, I, I <laughs> you can trust that I, I do not want to resurrect that, um, that foe uh, in my Arcanium. Uh, I can imagine it would do, just based on the damage it did to that chapel, uh, some, some real damage. And I, I don't know if uh, even my wards would hold up to that. Well, you see, when we were trying to save my friend here, uh, we also didn't mean for that to happen either. We, it wasn't like this fun adventure that we felt like going on. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, shit. I give you this shard, and then you spawn Lolth, and pff, your problem there, mate. Not my <laughs> monkey, not my circus. Uh, roll me a. Uh, uh, do you want to do an? Uh, do you want to do a intimidation or a persuasion here? It seems it could be a little bit of both. We'll call him A, call him B. Um, it's an intimidating prospect summoning Lolth in this guy's uh, very fragile-looking uh, Arcanium. I don't know that I'm trying to intimidate him, but I'm Being definitely persuade. trying to convince him out of it. Uh, Persuasion. Persuading. We're, pers we're of persuasive types. That's all of it. 28. Okay. Um, I, I think that he, he looks at you and you see a, uh, it's just a single bead of, uh, of, of kind of like fear sweat kind of drip down this, uh, this wood elf's face. Um, and he goes, you make a good point. And he goes, how about we keep them all separate? And he uh, takes his hand, he actually takes the the shard out of the arcane device um, and kind of like puts it between his hands and uh, in a very uh, Steven Universe fashion kind of pulls them apart and you see it kind of uh, a, like a essentially a magical bubble appear around it and he kind of floats it up and he kind of like volleyball uh, pats it up and it kind of floats up 
uh, towards the upper part of the ceiling uh, where it kind of just hovers there uh, and is like, I will individually separate these items. And uh, I think that with this protection, they should not be able to communicate with each other, uh, either verbally, non-verbally, magically. They should be isolated. And I will do this to each individual one. Uh, aside from the fact that it's going to look pretty rad uh, with all these magical crystal balloons floating around this space, um, I think that it will also be relatively effective in making sure that we don't, uh, as you said, uh, resurrect Lulf here. Great. Um, Cosmo, it's, it's now that we've arrived at that, she spins his fanny pack of holding around. And uh, do I recall, like, it, like, pieced itself back together? Or was it just, like, a pile of shards? It's a pile, yeah. It, it, it fully sharded went on on destruction um I so it, yeah i think it was like somehow like it's hundreds it's hundreds of shards it's a lot of pieces and i think this thing uh i mean they they fractured into pieces as small right. as I, I think that originally this this was like a two foot crystal um and i think that this thing broke into tiny little fragments and i think that it took a while to collect up these uh, a couple yeah. hundred shards that were all around this room um and uh, yeah, I mean, I, they're all assembled in this bag, but I mean, you can look into it and see if they've, uh, you I assume, but you, when uh, Eustace gave us to you, they had not kind of reformed back into uh, one crystal minus one piece. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So he reaches into his fanny pack of holding and pulls out this other little satchel and, well, I don't know that it would be little, whatever. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a large, I, I would say that your, the other bag of holding you had was like a, I would say like kind of, you could wrap it around your neck. It's a pretty small one. Um, yeah. I think that this is a large bag of holding. Like, I think it's a, um, uh, you think, you know, those big giant dice sacks that are like this big. I think it's like one of those. Yeah, I got one um, sitting and, under my bed. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so um, it's a, uh, it's a proper, it's a proper satchel uh, that, uh, you know, if not full of crystals uh, would probably be pretty useful. So maybe after uh, this is, this is over, uh, you could, Maybe collect it up. Uh, but Great. he, do you uh, do you hand it over to Dax? Yeah, I say, well, I pull it out of my fanny pack of holding and I just drop it down on his desk and I say, well, there's the rest of it then, mate. Uh, I think with a uh, with the giddiness and glee of a uh, a child on Christmas Day opening an N sixty four, I think he picks this. Th I think he picks this up and just looks at it and goes, holy. Okay, you guys were bearing the lead quite a bit here. This is incredible. And he's just kind of like picks up one and is looking at it and he's like, and he's kind of like bubbles it and like puts it kind of kind of over by uh, the, uh, the, the, you know, like that kind of like arcane uh, focus and uh, sets it over on the side. Goes, so this is going to take a bit of time. I would say, hmm. It's hard to tell. I would say three days to five days. It's going to take a bit of time to get this, uh, to go through all of these uh, and properly watch them. I would say that maybe make yourselves comfortable. And he's looking over at Bakarin and just kind of like shrugs and goes, I, and, and Bakarin just kind of like rolls his eyes and goes, I'll show you around. Yeah. They've, um, you know, they've been in their own separate bags of holding for the most part after uh, 
they were destroyed. So I don't know if proximity does anything or uh, existing on this plane again. But I tell you what, it's in there. So, uh, you know, just proceed with caution, I guess. But uh, we're going to have some meat, I imagine, over at the tavern. Uh, well, enjoy yourself. I am going to be up probably for quite uh, quite some time uh, having myself a little viewing party of uh, of Loth's past and see if we can't uh, find some find some answers uh, for yourselves and for well, Lady Zoran and let's see if uh, we can't find a way to bring those uh, those old gods back, huh? Sure. For the new gods. For the new gods? Yeah, they. they I think, old I gods. think there's, there's a record scratch and they all just kind of look at you like... <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, fuck those guys. Blue just turns around and walks away. Well, that didn't work. Um, I don't think Dags is, uh, is paying attention to you at all as he's kind of like uh, pulling out these these shards of this uh, this black opaline crystal and just kind of individually separating them into these uh, magical bubbles um, and uh, starts loading them up. And I think that you see um, you see like just random flashes of things in the in, that kind of start to be projected on the wall. Things that just make no sense. Uh, there's like this figure um, that is uh, it looks like this incredibly like. This figure that you see right before, like this door closes behind you, is um, they seem simultaneously like ancient and young. Like as you're looking at them, it doesn't make any sense. Like you, they, they just again ancient and young at the same time, sitting cross-legged um, with these kind of like orbs of light floating around them. Um, and uh, you, uh, as that as the door kind of shuts behind you, that you just kind of see these uh, this weird uh, this weird image as uh, you see Dags begin to view these uh these shards of of lolf um and uh bakarin kind of leads you outside and goes all right so um there's a you guys are free to explore goshir there's um we could put you up at the tavern there's plenty of places to stay there or you can come there's anyway this probably we can get you guys your own uh we have houses and whatnot you can uh you could keep and stay in for the time being but the uh he's like kind of pointing and uh, he's like over there. He's um, he's he's pointing at like a, a building, and you see a uh, a sign hanging on the front of it. Um, it's it's a very like it's one of the smallest buildings in the town, and it's kind of like very nonchalant. And you just see a sign on the front of it um, that it looks like it looks kind of like very intricate and scrawly, and it's like gold lettering. Um, and you see that it says um, "Otherworld Market." Um, and there's just like a small, like it's a small building with that, with sign that says Otherworld Market. Um, you see him point over to another building that, uh, Grangram, you would immediately, uh, recognize as a forge. Um, and on the outside of it, uh, it says, uh, Hell's Bells. Um, and you see like, there's just like, there's a bunch of like actual like bells hung on the outside of it that seem to be made out of this kind of like, uh, it's like a bluish, uh, bluish steel uh, that you've—I don't think you've seen before, Rangrim. Um, that and they're just like hanging outside of the thing, and they're like incredibly intricate bells uh, that they're like 
in a very strange shape, so almost like very geometric in their styling, uh, just very odd. Um, and they're all kind of like giving off this like slight tinkling um, in the uh, the warm breeze that's blowing through town. Um, and then you see Bakran point to another place uh, that looks like it's a, it's a larger, um, it's a two-story building, um, again, very sturdy in its uh, construction. Um, and you see a sign on the outside of it that says World's Edge Tavern. Um, and you can see that it's like towards the edge, it's like right on the cliff's edge, um, but not on the cliff's edge that is facing towards, uh, you know, facing towards the southern regions of Sakal. It's actually facing towards the north. So it's like on this cliff's edge, it's facing northward. Um, and so like deeper into uh, essentially the northern reaches of Sakal. Um, and uh, he's kind of like looking at you, he goes, all right, well, he, he's like looking around. And he's like, I'll get you, uh, I'll get you a guy's like a house set up or do you guys, okay, let's settle on this. Do you want to stay at the tavern? Do you want a house? Do you want to sleep on the ground? What do you want to do? Will the house have a constant feed of drinks from the tavern? Nope. And he just kind of like walks, he just kind of like, he kind of like looks at you and goes, and he, he kind of like pats uh, Rangram, uh, pats Rangram on the back and goes, I'll, uh, I'll try to connect up with you guys later. I got to do some stuff with for Zoran. Um, Rangrip, we'll uh, we'll get a drink later, okay? Yeah, you sure you you owe me a couple. I think I. Hey, you know what? All right, and he's kind of like he, he's like, and you just hear him mutter like those damn doors as he's kind of wandering away. Hey, hey, yep, yep. <laughs> Bye, Bachrin. Conquer your dreams. He flips you off as he's walking away. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, so you, the you know the world is well. This small town is your oyster. Uh, what uh, what would you like to do with it, uh, boys? Uh, I, I got an idea, and I want to go see what uh, this forge is about with the with all the bells there. Um, I guess it's a forge set up specifically for dark steel, and I would absolutely love to see what you can do in a forge set up with that type of equipment. It's, so that's kind of that's kind you. of my game. So I mean, if you want to come through, or I'll, I'll fuck off and go on there myself. But uh, I'll happily join you if you want the company. Maybe I can go grab some quick to goers at the uh, at the tavern. Meet you back over there, Cosmo. What are you gonna do? Uh. I'm just all along for the ride, I think. I'll uh, follow Rangrim. All right. I'll go swoop some drinks. I'm guessing I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Uh, ale. Is that what you guys want? Yeah, Ezra. Yep, two. Yep. Two, two ales. Two you only please. want two, two ales. Please. Two, please. We're talking barrels, right? That was the stupid question on my fault. My, my bad, yeah. Okay, four barrels of ale, and let's see what godforsaken drinks they have up here. Unless Tom is working the bar, too. I think you're in luck, you, yeah, I think you're in luck. All right, I'll hit the tavern. You guys hit the forge. Meet you over there. Um, and we'd mosey, uh, well, I'd mosey my way over to Hell's Bells. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, uh, you head over to this. Um, like I said, it's it's actually a relatively humble uh, forge, um, but you can tell that like it has, 
it seems like it's been added onto, um, at, you know, kind of more recently. So you can see there's more like recent construction. Um, and as you kind of like, as you're approaching it closer, like you can see that like, you know, there seems to be like a very large forge on the inside of it. Um, you can see like just heat that is radiating out of the top of it. Um, and uh, as you get closer, you can see that this, um, this, uh, these bells that are on the outside, like they are absolutely beautiful in their construction. Uh, they are like, like nothing you've ever seen before. They are not just like kind of traditional bells. They are like these weird kind of geometric bells that are like every one of them is completely unique. And they, they don't just have like the little, like, you know, hangle dangle guy in the bottom of the bell. They also have like weird other like contraptions that like that ting higher up. And like, these are just like, every one of these is a completely abstract in its construction. Um, if anyone is, uh, uh, you know, wants to do some Googling, um, I'm basing these off of uh, real bells uh, that are called Solari bells, uh, but they are very, very cool. Um, so, uh, but as you get closer to them, you can see that Ranger, these are not just like dark steel. They are, uh, that you can uh, actually roll me a, um, hmm. roll me a history check with advantage. Got you. I'll just use this for uh, your knowledge of uh, metals. Oh, that'll be a 19. Not bad. Very cool. Um, this, uh, this is dark steel, but it is a very, very unique um, kind of forging style of dark steel, one that you, uh, of steel in general, one that you've only ever heard of. Um, and you, uh, you recognize this as a uh, cold forged, uh, a cold forging style of uh, dark steel. Um, so it is like, you, you don't know how it's done, um, but you have uh, heard tell of like ways to forge in, uh, you know, essentially in things that are other than fire. Mm -hmm. Um, awesome. So are the three of you, uh, are, sorry, are the two of you uh, just kind of heading on in? Uh, yeah, Rangram's walking uh, right on in, just looking at the stuff, thinking it's cool, slinging the door right open. Cosmo, uh, okay. I suppose, would uh, probably walk in behind him and just knock on the door frame. Hello? <laughs> is it, is it, are you open? Um, yeah, so uh, I think the... Um, I think the uh, the two of you kind of uh, op you know kind of open the door and uh, as you're knocking your way in, I think that you're immediately taken aback by the fact that it is uh, you saw like the kind of like what looked like embers and kind of like waves of uh, looked like heat coming out the top. Uh, you enter in this room and it is colder than anywhere outside. It is actually like the opposite of what you would expect a forge to be like inside. Um, and as you enter into the room, uh, you can see that it looks like uh Doss and Tom have completed their delivery there are like just stacks and stacks of of dark steel like raw dark steel ingot that are just like going to the ceiling in this room just like trunks upon trunks of this uh of this uh this raw material um and in the corner uh you see a a form that um I think you've seen a couple times uh and you you would recognize um as uh 
a mule, which is like a half human, half dwarf. Um, and they have like a, uh, a dark, like black uh, beard that is kind of coming down and like is braided into like these beautiful braids. I think it's shorter than a normal dwarf uh, beard. Um, and they kind of have like long hair that's pulled back um, into a, a pretty clean uh, ponytail that you probably can tell is like, you know, functional for a uh, anyone that is working in a forge. Um, but one thing that like kind of, you know, takes you by surprise as you're seeing them kind of like hammering on this forge in the corner is that the flame in the forge is bright blue. And it seems to be emanating this, uh, this like cold, this like, this like freezing temperature that is uh, in this space. You can actually see icicles that are forming on the underside of some of these tables. Um, and uh, as you kind of come in and knock, uh, you see the the figure kind of like put down their hammer uh, and tongs and, uh, you know, they're wearing the same kind of things that a normal uh, blacksmith would be wearing. Uh, and they kind of turn around and go, All right, well, welcome in, welcome in, welcome to the Hell's Bells. What can I, what can I do you for? Oh, hell's a lot colder than I expected. Well, it does freeze over from time to time. He kind of gives a good chuckle. Um, but uh, he's just kind of kind of laughs laughs to himself uh, a bit. Well, uh, well, uh, traveling uh, passing uh, through. So, uh, a friend here is a metal worker of himself and uh, wanted to come see the place. That's uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome in. It's uh, always always nice to have another uh, someone who's familiar with the forge. Uh, I'd love to get you uh, get your thoughts on it. Um, he's like, this thing's been here for a lot longer than me. Uh, oh, where are my manners, by the way? Uh, my name's Xcon. Xcon, good to know you. Rangrim, top fortune. He gives them like a very sturdy, like <laughs> forearm handshake. Absolutely, yeah. He, uh, I think. I mean, this is. Uh, I, I mean. I think that no matter what intentional or not, these are some, this is some firm, these are some firm ass uh, forearm handshakes as the, these two, uh, you know, you, you're both essentially shaking with your essentially hammer wielding arms. Um, and I think it's just yeah, kind of like a, sure. a very solid, a very solid handshake. And he gives you like a, a recognition of your, of your strength and uh, kind of like, uh, you know, give, gives you a, a solid uh, slap on the shoulder and goes, it's a, uh, it's, it's great to meet you, Rangrim and uh, Cosmo. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I'm honored. It's, um, and he's like looking over all of the, uh, the, everything you guys are wearing, all the, you know, the weapons that you have. And he's just like, seems like, uh, did you, uh, did you make some of these? You craft some of these yourself there, Rangrim? Uh, some of these I made myself. Some of them have been modified from things we found in, I've heard tale of forges like this. I've never seen one in my day and, I hope to uh, take a crack at something here. I, I got, I got an idea, but if you would let me, um, if you give me, mate, what you might call a crash course on uh, your cold forging. Of course, of course, yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's a bit different than your normal, uh, you know, kind of fire forge. You're um. Things that are fi things that are forged in a um, in a cold forge are they can uh, you know you're not dealing with something that's going to be melting you're going to be dealing with something that is a bit more brittle so you're worrying about it shattering while you're while you're forging it 
I will say, though, things that are forged in this way have uh, a tendency to be stronger than normal things, sharper. Um, but like I said, they can be a bit more temperamental, a bit more brittle, but more powerful overall. And uh, I would say that some of the, uh, and I've only been able to achieve this a few times, still uh, working towards my you know, becoming a master craftsman, but some of the best forged things here seem to have the tendency to be imbued with kind of frost magic and the ability to potentially resist fire. So let's see, uh, let's see what he's kind of like slaps you on the shoulder and goes, see what you're made out of. And he, uh, he, he kind of uh, starts to, I think, um, uh, with your, um, you know, with your permission, kind of starts to uh, show you around the forge. I kind of like, I think he shows you what he was forging, uh, which was this like another one of these like incredibly ridiculous um, bells. And I think as he's uh, as he's working on it and showing you kind of like, I think he's demonstrating on this bell um, and he, he's he's talking to you too about like how this uh, this forge originally before the Revivus got here um, was originally a, a essentially a bell forge. Like this is what was made here. And these are kind of like the, um, that was how this thing was, you know, funded was making these bells and selling them to uh, different parts of the empire. Um, and after the Rivifist moved in, um, it, it kind of became an armory and it became, it became this thing that like, that he, he stopped forging bell, uh, start, stopped forging bells and started forging weapons for the Rivifist. And so he's actually been here since before the Rivifist were here. Um, hmm. And uh, he's, uh, he's showing you this, but I mean, I think hmm. that the, the biggest thing you take away from it is that um, when it comes to uh, doing the cold forging, um, you are uh you you just have to be it's like i said it's more temperamental and uh when you're hammering on them uh you have to be it takes more time you have to take it's more patience um and it's a lot of little uh little kind of uh you know kind of incremental uh modifications you make to it and if you try to get too aggressive with it and, and get to you know do things too fast um you can uh you can break them um but he he essentially says like he does tell you one unique thing is that um at a forge like this um you have the uh you have a higher uh, chance of being able to like properly modify um and even potentially combine uh, magical items and xcon my friend this is exactly uh the reason i i, I think that we might have met as you might know, it's not always the Forge Master. Sometimes the Forge itself holds secrets that we only hope to unlock. And that's um, one thing I, I would ask from you is, I, I okay, I have an idea. And uh, with your help, I think we might be able to make it work. Uh, I'm only using my friend. I'm going to pull the Warhammer off my back and put it down on the anvil or the closest smithing mm -hmm. table in front of him, as well as pull out the uh, meteoric javelin next to it. Speaking of combining uh, magical properties, I've got an idea on this one. And I think with your help, we might be able to make something happen. 
uh, he's looking over these items and is uh, like, you can tell that he is just, um, I, I think he's just in awe. Like, I mean, looking like every magical item for the most part in this world is unique. And so like, I, he hasn't seen anything like it the same way you hadn't seen anything like it until you actually uh, saw these for the first time. And the craftsmanship on these is like, not only like really, really high, um, but also like, you know, probably relatively alien and they're the design not like the fact that they're from out of this world but like the fact that like they are that the craftsmanship is 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 just very very unique on both these items um and uh he's looking over the javelin and just goes and it kind of like runs his hand over it and goes these are uh these are incredible pieces what do you uh what do you have in mind well i've um I got an eye for certain things there, and he taps his, like, eye of the appraiser for certain magical items. So I'm hoping to combine certain properties of it. I mean, you see this here, and he's holding the Warhammer of Eruptions, and he starts taking whatever, like, leather wrap is on it off, and he's mm -hmm. taking the meteor javelin and basically just like holding it over top of it like imagine if this was uh here he's looking at it he's like yeah something like that can absolutely work that's um now would hold on are you so it's gonna go it's gonna go up it's gonna go up and then that's uh <laughs> He's, he's looking at you and just kind of like uh, in absolute like stunned amazement goes that would be a this fucking cool as shit that could be absolutely devastating okay um huh all right um i would absolutely uh i would love to help you with this i i think that this could be an incredible incredible piece um you know now that there could be even with my help, there still could be a chance that I've seen these go a few different ways in, in, you know, if we're able to combine these perfectly, I think that we can get all the aspects of these weapons to rep be represented in these items in this, this final item. But if we are, if we even make a, a slight mistake, a small imperfection, we may lose some of those aspects. And if we mess it up, completely and that may not even be up to us in our you know or even your skill it just could be you know a failure point a flaw that's already in there one of these these pieces could be destroyed altogether and i just need to make sure that this is a risk you're willing to take before we kind of embark on this journey together um well i've never forged a damn thing with the help of someone else in my entire life. So just by bringing you into it, I hope we don't meet to have fate, my friend. He's, uh, he's looking at you and goes, uh, I'll do everything I can. I, I give you my word. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, from, from Smith to Smith here, I'm just, I'm just excited as hell to make to see what this thing could do. And he kind of like gives a, a big like laugh. Um, 
And I, I think with that, um, I think you to uh, begin the preparations um, on an attempt to combine uh, this weapon. So, um, oh, and uh, I didn't say it to him, but any um, gold-like cost to cover it for materials, I would absolutely foot the bill for that as well. Uh, I don't think that there is any material cost because of the fact that you are essentially spending two items that are that you could lose one of them and that's that could be quite a hefty cost um, if that does happen to be the case and even no matter what you are essentially even in the combination process yes you'll have one really cool item at the end of it if everything goes well but you are still spending an item so i'm not going to make there be a material cost material costs are the okay. items themselves um and this risk that essentially uh you are taking so um roll what I will need from you is I need a d20 roll uh, with a uh, with advantage because you're being helped uh, by XCON. Um, and I need a d20 roll uh, with your proficiency and your strength modifier added to them. Cool, cool, cool. So proficiency and strength. So that's a plus eight. Yes. With advantage? Um, yes, with advantage. With advantage? Yes. Thank God for that advantage. Um, that is a 22. Okay. Um, so uh, hmm. I I think originally um, I was going to have you roll three times and I was going to take the average of those. Um, but I think that because you already had the advantage, I think that we'll just go, uh, I think we'll just go with this roll. Um, and the reason for that is um, it is high enough to do a perfect combining. Um, and as you are, um, as you are like, I think that, I think it takes, um, I think it takes some time. Cosmo, do you stay here during this time or do you wander off um, to, uh, or are you just watching this process go through it? I think it's going to take, um, take a little bit as they are uh, preparing and also doing the, com the combining of this item. I think um, I would probably start by watching it and then maybe I would get bored and the tediousness of it and just kind of start looking around the shop um cosmo is also intrigued by how somebody else was able to figure out how to you know work the dark steel so i think he kind of has okay. his own personal motives if assuming this is the guy who's like doing all of it I don't um know. uh sorry uh, so did you um did you say you you are staying or are you uh or staying you... in the building Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're wandering around, you're kind of looking around. Um, I think that you, uh, you know, while they're doing this work, I think that you're, you're looking around seeing like, there is a, uh, you can see now that the addition that has been added to this building is essentially like a straight up armory. And it is, um, I think that it is uh, closed off. Like you can see that there's a locked door on it with like bars and stuff like that, but you can see through these like kind of uh, bars on this door. Um, and uh, you can see, I mean, there is just halberds and spears and swords and axes and maces and every single weapon you could possibly imagine as well as just like chain mail plate mail like every single piece of armor as well as helms and they are all uh, marked with the symbol of the revivist and they are all made out of the dark steel um and now that you're seeing it you can see that like now that you recognize that there's a different forging method you can see that there's actually like 
I would say that like 50% of like, I would say that like maybe 50% of these have um, the kind of bluish hue on them. And you can see that some of them don't. Um, but uh, there is like, uh, there's, there's a good amount. Like, I mean, there is enough in there alone to, uh, to outfit at least uh, like 200 soldiers easily. Um, it's a, it's a good amount. And that's just stuff that is currently not being wielded by the Revivifist army. So it's, this guy has been hard at work making this. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, Rangram, you, uh, you, you spend this time preparing, you know, uh, you know, and working along with XCON to um, just kind of combine this weapon together. I think that you uh, make the modifications first, cutting off parts of the weapon that you don't need. Um, and like in, in a very like, I mean, in a very surgical manner, like trying not to like shatter, uh, shatter it and just kind of like, um, I think that uh, as you are able to like put these pieces together um, and start to like get to the process where you're in the final hammering where this thing is like coming together and you're starting to realize that this is I, you believe this is going to be a success. Um, what does this finished piece look like as you do the final, you lay the final hammer blow on it and you feel like this, um, I kind of like, you feel like this kind of like zap of uh, like kind of magical electricity that is like, just kind of like, you can feel that this thing is like potent with a magical power. Um, as you lift this item up uh, fully completed, what does it look like? So very similar to the Warhammer of Eruptions with both of its like swirling like magma ends, but now like the hilt going through it is now that uh, meteoric like uh, javelin. And I think at the top of it, there's like a point that protrudes like a bit further and is almost like a glowing like purplish energy and there's probably some like small stones of sorts that kind of float in general around the top of it just kind cool. of like attracted by the general now like gravitational kind of magic that floats throughout it i love it um i think that as you lift this uh this this item into the air and like um, you know, XCON and uh, I think like Cosmo, you uh, you kind of hear like a gasp out of XCON as you uh, as you kind of turn around and see this like finished weapon that is just like a combination of the best components of the Warhammer of Eruptions and the the uh, meteoric javelin. Um, and uh, as Brangram lifts it up, uh, you see this uh, pretty rad uh, thing that he's been able to craft. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, it's uh, I. I Congratulations on uh, combining those two items. It uh, like it. This is something that uh, we've talked about, and um, it if that had gone wrong, uh, it would have absolutely <laughs> all my stuff got smushed. <laughs> destroyed one of the items. There was a 50-50 chance, uh, and you don't even get to pick which item survives. It's a 50-50. So um, very very cool. Uh, I love it. Um, so um, I think that as you guys are um, as you guys are wrapping up there. Um, Rangram, do you have anything else that you would want to do here? Because uh, uh, what what else would you like to do? Um, the Hell's Bells, like, in the vicinity of it, like, how is this, like, very heavily settled, like, the area it's in? Um, I, sorry, what do you mean by that? 
uh, is this like well lived in? Is this like off the beaten track? I mean, Rangram's trying to chuck it into the air and have it just like. No. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to test it out. Is what I'm getting. Um, okay, I'll say that. Uh, I'll say that back behind the forge. Um, he kind of like. Uh, I think uh, Exxon leads you. Uh, like you know, you you kind of tell him that you, this is you want to test this thing out, and you kind of like, he kind of walks you out out back. Um, and there's like a range uh, out there that is like. I think that it's 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 got like a about a half an acre um of open area where it's kind of like uh you can tell it's just been for storage or whatever the case may be um and he uh he leads you out there and goes there should be plenty of room i think huh hey i know we'll better time out. like the present right and Rangroom taking the hammer is gonna just throw it straight up in the air using as you know the Meteor Javelin Charge put on his Warhammer to throw it straight up in the air. And there's a, I don't know, there's a barrel in the yard that I'm targeting, and it's going to Meteor crash down on that. <laughs> so what? Describe to me what this looks like as you uh, absolutely uh, send this barrel to hell. There's like a moment where he throws it, and there's like a, and you just lose all sight of it, and then it's like a, like a glint in the night sky as it comes barreling down with some hellfire around it, leaving probably a noticeable crater in the ground as the hammer just falls headfirst directly into the ground and it goes, holy shit, it worked. And then calls it back to his hand. Oh, dope. I love it. Catches it. (laughs) Now that's a that's a neat trick. Yeah, that, he's high fiving the shit out of XCOM. Like, they, <laughs> like <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked. He's now he's stoked. I think he gives you like a, I, I think he gives you like a, a full like I think it's like a high five. First thing he's like it's like he just kind of gives you a full bear hug. He's like so stoked on this um, on this thing you made. I think he's just like uh, chatting with you, um, chatting with you about it. Uh, as um, I think we're actually gonna uh, hop over to uh, our boy Glenn, um, who has. Uh, I think Glenn, you you as you make it over to the uh, the forge. Um, I think, or as as you make it over to the uh, the bar, I think you I think you've sat down um, and you've been there for a little bit, and you uh, you hear like a kind of like a a heavy like concussive uh like kind of slight explosion in the distance uh towards where the uh towards where the forge is and you're just like um i, I mean you just i what how, what would your reaction to that be uh i think lynn would just chuckle to himself and assume it's one of the guys i don't think uh Glenn would if everybody else reacted i think lynn would probably just be like sitting there like continuing to strike up a conversation with the bartender Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that, uh, so, uh, one thing, uh, you, uh, you didn't see Tom or, um, or, or Doss in here, uh, or, you know, Tom or the Baron in here. Uh, but, uh, I think that there is a, a good number of, of patrons, all of whom are just kind of like, you know, seem like they're in decent spirits. Um, and yeah, there's like, um, there's a little halfling behind the bar. Who's, uh, who has like a, a number of stools that he's, uh, standing on to make sure that he can kind of talk to you at at least a similar, like a similar height level, um, is probably even like a running like stool that's along the inside of the bar designed specifically for him. And just, uh, so, it like looking he's looking past at you out the window and sees like kind of a uh like kind of like a dust cloud from over at the forge and goes oh <laughs> uh i think xcon's always up to something over there <laughs> uh he goes will you uh 
yeah, do it. You wanted, um, what did you, what did you have before you had the, um, and he's kind of like starts lifting off, listing off things that are on the menu. Um, and goes, um, so they got, we got the, they got the mold wine. There's the, um, there's mold mead. And then, um, I don't remember. Did you try the, uh, the sex on the snowbank or the roses on ice? I have not, but I absolutely want to, uh, two, please. Uh, of each or one of each yes okay <laughs> okay and he starts to uh he starts to uh make these drinks um and so what was the second one sex uh, on the snowbank and roses on ice roses on ice love it um so the uh he starts you know so he starts making the sex on the snowbank first and this um it's it's kind of uh served uh, served up in this kind of coupe glass um, that is, um, and you see them messing around with some sort of, uh, you know, sugar-based, uh, liquor and, uh, seems like they're messing around with some sort of like, almost like tropical fruit that, uh, has, um, that's kind of has like this white flesh on the inside. Um, and it, so it, he ends up serving this thing that kind of looks like, it almost looks like a, it's like a opaque white, uh, with like these, um, shavings of this uh tropical white fruit uh that are on the inside of it and he kind of serves uh two of those over to you they, they look like essentially half a snowball in a glass um and then uh, starts working on the other one and um you see them pull out uh you know kind of a clear liquor and um in a, uh, a kind of like a taller glass um you, you know you see this uh you pull out this bottle that seems to have like some sort of rose petals floating in it and he does a couple uh, shakes that into it and then pulls out an egg and strains out the uh, yolk and shakes that up and uh, fin finishes it off with a few uh, with a few dashes of like what like a dark red like you know kind of strong smelling bitters um, and uh, kind of uh, slides all four of those drinks over to you kind of like just like yeah across the bar um, and uh, and you have uh, all these drinks uh, which one do you want to try first uh, and just so you remember this is going on ladies around tab right like fuck the fuck the new gods right he goes so hell yeah fuck the new gods and he's like he's kind of uh he's he's all stoked on it you like you see matt even as he walks around like turns around to like go like um you know put, put the you know start marking this on the tab uh, he's like he's like yeah fuck those guys fuck that yeah, yeah i'm i'm new to this i'm still figuring it out but uh yeah i will uh definitely try the the sex on the snowbank first Okay. Gonna, gonna eat and drink that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's um, it's really heavy, uh, like a um, like I said, tropical fruit, like a coconut. Uh, it has like a coconut flavor to it. Um, but it's uh, it's it's pretty sweet. Um, it, it's a, it's a pretty sweet sweet drink with like a kind of coconut uh, overtones. Um, roll me a Constitution saving throw with advantage. Uh, Constitution saving throw. I don't think. Oh, I do. Uh, twelve. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, you, um, I think it's too sweet for you. Honestly, I think a lot of drinks, uh, I think Glenn kind of usually tends to be on more on the sweet side, but I think that this drink is just like, it's too cloying. I think you get like halfway through the first one. You're like, ah, oh, shit, I ordered two of these. And <laughs> you're just like, I don't, maybe you'll try to pawn it off on a uh, Rangram or Cosmo. Um, and, uh, you're, uh, working your way, um, you're working way on that, uh, on that second one. Uh, you know, it, you kind of like, you know, that might be too much. Um, do you want to try the uh, the roses on ice? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The the other okay. two are roadies. The, these two are the uh, the in house. While he procures my four barrels of ale. Okay. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think the he's, rest uh, of that order. 
Yeah. I th- okay. That's right. So I think he's, um, I think uh, not only does he, uh, uh, so I think that uh, you already put that order in and he told you that uh, it would be up in your rooms upstairs um, and he already kind of gave you a key to that. So uh, you know that you have like a, a pretty decent room that's, uh, you know, I, I actually, uh, did you want three individual rooms or did you want the suite that would have all, you know, three, essentially three beds in it, four beds? Oh, definitely, definitely the suite. Okay. Definitely the suite. Okay, awesome. It, he said that, you know, basically it's not, it's not four individual rooms. It's just going to like, everything's like, divided by curtains um but it's uh it's a big it's a big open room it's really nice really nice place and he's uh he's been talking it up but he said that the uh the four barrels of ale will be um yeah he asked if you wanted those brought up to the room or if you want any of them down here uh you could just take them all up and make sure you you warm them up ahead of time uh like uh, greatly above room temperature our our friends enjoy like almost steaming ale uh, we do offer mold. We have we have mold ale. Is uh, is that something that they're they would want? Uh, or almost, you just want hot normal that sounds ale? Too, yeah, that sounds uh, too seasonal. They they prefer the the taste of you know traditional dwarven ale, but just almost to the point of burnt. Um, it's really a, a preferred flavor. That's um that is uh pretty peculiar. But uh, hey, who am I to question a paying patron? Wait, dwarves, am I right? He just goes, he looks at you, he goes, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, that man, the old god, or no, new god. Sorry, I'm still new to this. He's just like laughing to himself as he, um, as he puts in this order to, uh, to get these, uh, uncomfortably warm, uh, <laughs> barrels of dwarven <laughs> ale, uh, delivered to the room upstairs. Um, um Cosmo and and Rangrim uh so after uh after kind of wrapping up was there anything else uh that you wanted to do at the um at the uh um at Hell's Bells or were you planning on uh making your way over to the tavern as well uh Uh, Rangrim is uh gonna leaving Hell's Bells like after like high-fiving and like giddily jumping with XCON Lynn hands over the the flagons of ale. Goes, it's uh apparently a, a a local staple. So, you don't like it, just say fuck the new gods, and people tend to forget everything else you said. Yeah, fuck the new gods. Yeah, fuck the new gods. <laughs> uh, I got so, us a a room upstairs, so we're 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 good to bed down whenever you guys are ready. You know, kept with the traditional uh four to a room as as we're used to uh hope Bryn's not dead somewhere out there but uh <laughs> i forgot i can never the, I, where I, the I, fuck he's been <laughs> i hope he's doing all right uh Bryn uh Bryn stands up uh Bryn comes walking in uh from the from the doorway and goes uh and goes god damn it i just keep getting keep getting lost around this place up oh, uh well, that's a really cool looking um is that a, a hammer javelin there rangrim now what do you call that thing? Yep, pretty much. I'm calling it the Dark Star. Ready? You want? You guys want to see me throw it at something? Yes. Because I. Yes. <laughs> the guy, the 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 um the halfling goes, no throwing weapons inside. He's like, oh well, we can he go outside and do it. Says it points to a sign that it just like inexplicably looks like it has a uh, like a silhouette of like a dwarf throwing uh like throwing a weapon at the <laughs> wall and has a big no over the top of it. Uh, Bryn, where you been? 
I was trying to find the bathroom. Uh, this place, place is wild around here. <laughs> Why is Bryn trying to find the bathroom? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stay regular. I get it. Well, uh, glad to, glad to have you here. I'd buy you a drink, but you know that wouldn't do you too much. But um, hey, there's this new fun thing I learned. Uh, Ignis, fuck, fuck the new gods, right? Yeah, fuck the new gods. <laughs> See. Everybody gets it. You hear a couple other people around go, yeah, fuck the new gods. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have, I what, a couple days to kill here before uh, we're going to be sent off on our next our next plan. Is there anything else you guys want to want to do while we're here? Uh, see, Rangram, you've got some new toys that you probably are just going to keep making crazier and ter- more terrifying versions of. The thing you guys want to yeah, accomplish so, while we're in town? So that's the thing. Like, that worked. Do you guys want to, like... We, I, mean, I mean... Ex-Con's... He's a hell of a smith. And uh, we could just make some, like, nonsense shit. I mean, like, fuck the Revivifist. No offense, everyone in the room. I mean, we could just make some. You see the halfling, just like his face, like that was like so stoked. He's like mid pump of like, fuck the new guys. He just like goes and just like, he just goes into like a scowl and starts like kind of muttering under his breath as he's like cleaning out a goblet uh, and just like, what the do guard? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I go, apparently we can make some shit. Like, you guys want to fuck around and possibly find out? Lynn leans over to Ignis. He goes, see, Make sure that ale's extra hot. Uh, yeah, I got I got some shit that we could uh, potentially combine and see what the fuck happens. That sounds uh, dangerous for everybody involved. That sounds fun. I'm in. You want the items now? I think if you combine something with Chandrell, she'd probably be pretty upset. I, I don't know well, how sentient weapons handle roommates, but I mean, Brittany did it. Like, you feel? Are you guys still like still like fighting like what's the relationship like uh you know anyway so are you, are you still trying to get it to move out you know what i'm saying See, well, the eviction there's an eviction notice slap to chandrell <laughs> we uh we're working through it let's let's put it that way for for all intents and purposes i think we uh both understand how the uh ends justify the means but neither of us want to necessarily apologize for how we acted and yeah how i'd put it i totally understand that remember um, that one time when the giant brain took over your mind and made you do a bunch of terrible things that you didn't want to do and you didn't really understand why oh yeah yep hated that yeah see like lynn looks like the double-bladed scimitar Well, like, what if I can make you do, like, something uh, like this? And Ranger runs out the front of the tavern and just yeets his yeets <laughs> hammer. In the middle, the like, air. so I, I'm picturing it's like, there's like, a, there's like a, a, a <laughs> main, like, I, th- I don't think that this this town is set up in a way like a kind of well, like an old west town. Like, I don't think it's like a straight thoroughfare. I think it's a pretty kind of like meandering path through this town. But I think it's a pretty op- like wide open area in the middle of this um and, and like when you walk outside of the tavern, because I think it's probably like in the uh, the courtyard area is in front. And I think that this like a cobblestone, like a cobblestone street, it's not like dirt. 
and all. And so like you just walk out, you run outside like on this cobblestone, like uh, like essentially courtyard and just fucking yeet this thing straight up in the air um, and just what it looks like. Him out. He, he, Glenn wants to like see all the chaos he's about to create. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Bryn, uh, Bryn follows you out as well. Uh, Cosmo, do you follow outside? Okay. Uh, describe to me what it looks like as this, uh, you, as you send this thing up and it comes crashing down. Hey, you guys see that? You see that? Over there, you see that one? See, see that little uh, rock wall right there? He's already thrown it at this point. It's like, it's gone. Like, see that? You see that yeah. right there? It's a wall. You and then all of a sudden, I don't understand. Yeah, like a little gleam of light, and then the and it just <laughs> fucking decimates like a small rock wall just outside the tavern. Do you know what the radius is on the uh, impact point on this weapon? I do feet. not. I think it's thirty feet <laughs> 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 on the uh, meteoric javelin. Okay. I'll have to check. I actually don't have it saved. It's in Perfect. the. Uh... Let's let's say thirty feet, just because this is a this is a, the cobblestone area. I think it lands in the middle of this cobblestone area. As you can see, like there was a small rock wall that was like seemed like it was like you couldn't tell if it was like partially falling down or what. But like I think when you walk outside, you're like, well, it's a broken ass piece of wall. Like it's not. I'm, no one's gonna care about that. And so you like you you send this, it on the wall. Send this thing down and. Um, uh, I, I mean, you don't even roll an attack because it's a wall. Um, I think you'll beat its AC. Uh, but you, this thing just, I mean, hits and just, I mean, I think it makes a just, and I think just dust goes out in all directions. And I think that there is just like a, I don't think that it destroys the, um, uh, the cobblestone, but I think it like literally makes like a two foot deep impact point that kind of like is now essentially a bowl that is like just, uh, just, dented down into the center of this courtyard um, and the wall is just like absolutely gone and I think as the dust is clearing and you're like looking back and like super proud of like what your uh, your javelin has done I think maybe even as you're calling it back to yourself you see uh, an old man who is care who has a carrying a wheelbarrow with a bunch of like uh, stone pieces and mortar and he's like coming over and you can see him like looking as if he's like it looks like the same kind of stones that that wall was made out of and he's like like it's kind of whistling he's, he's walking over and he's like talking to someone he's laughing and then he looks forward and sees that the wall in front of him and the in the giant like crater that's in the center of this area and he's kind of like like looks over and just like doesn't like looking at it doesn't look at you because he doesn't know you've done this and he just kind of like is looking and in just like blank astonishment at the work that he'd been doing that is just like absolutely flattened um and uh he's just sitting there not doing anything what do you do Rager? Brangram seeing all that is going to, oh shit, he's going to call the hammer back to himself, like throw like, shoop, and he's going to go back inside the room. Oh, you shit, see my him bad. watch it. You see him watch the hammer go flying back towards you, and he just like is looking at you in blank, uh, blank kind of astonishment and doesn't Rangram, say I, anything. Brangram, I got this. Yeah, fuck the new gods. <laughs> Roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> be as a luck point hell yeah uh 17 
He like he sits there staring at you. You see one single solitary tear going down his face, and then almost as if he doesn't have a choice because it's so powerful with all these people. You hear, you see him put his hand up in the air and goes, "Yeah, fuck the new gods." <laughs> That's right. You then, better remember, or else Lady Zoran's gonna come for you. And then he just like looks back over at the uh, destroyed his destroyed work and just kind of like takes the the wheelbarrow and just like. Uh, and tosses it over to the side like knocks it over and walks away <laughs> done for the day that's enough for him Start glenn now. at some point and uh before they go to bed we don't have to do it now but glenn uh at some point tells bachran that he should be suspicious of the wall builder because he wasn't immediately shouting fuck the new gods glenn is just gonna consistently witch hunt everybody in this group everybody in this city i love it mccarthyism um, at its finest <laughs> uh yeah the real the red scare is coming um, i'll say the so, big red scare yeah um okay so um where uh i mean so i'll say this it's 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 definitely like uh late afternoon i think um I'm just, I don't remember what time it was. I'm just going to say it's late afternoon. So um, what would you guys like to do? Where? Let's just say, where do you want to go? Um, you're currently outside the tavern. Do you want to go back in? Do you want to, you know, head up to the rooms to check out the um, uncomfortably warm ale? Uh, do you want to go over to get some more things crafted? What do you want to do? Um, or check out the other world market? Uh, Glenn, if, if crafting is on the table, Glenn has something that he would love to see what Rangroom can do with it. Um, but also want to go to the other world market because shopping. Cosmo, I mean, I'm along for the ride. Otherwise, I'm, I'm ready to turn in. So uh, I'll, if we're going to do some more of this weirdo crafting, let's go. Let's go find out then, eh? <laughs> well, since we do have eight days, it could also be something we save for tomorrow and or the next day uh, skip jump or the next yeah. day yeah right any um, of those um but glenn's just gonna hand over the the zephyr bow and the wand of dragons to rangrim and just go go nuts rangrim's like giggling like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but you know what i've already um he already drank like too much of that really hot wine. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably better served uh, for for uh, uh, tomorrow because um, and we're just like trying to push them together. Like, <laughs> I got, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> going in with a bit of a disadvantage with uh, you're not going rocking with uh, yeah, rocking with a little bit disadvantage there. So that's probably uh, probably a good call. All right. Well, uh, tap, tap, top bunk. Last one upstairs gets to gets the last bed, and Glenn just starts sprinting up the stairs. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Rangram clicks his heels together and says, "I wish I was in bed." And I'm going to use my boots of speed to beat Cosmo in bed. 
Okay, I think now canonically, instead of there being four individual beds, there are two bunk beds. I think at this point, because of based on uh, based on that, uh, just because you willed them into existence with your uh, with your uh, with your speech. Um, so, okay, uh, Cosmo, do you try racing? I, usually in this situation, you would summon Steve. I don't think that's gonna work inside the tavern. <laughs> Hits his head on the entryway. <laughs> yes, and he's decapitated. Looks for Bryn, mostly. Um, okay, uh, I think that. Let me see. Uh, roll me athletics check, uh, Cosmo. Uh, athletic. We're athletic. We're good at these. Yeah. Uh, thirteen plus nine, so twenty-two. Well, you beat Bryn. Um, I think he. Uh, I think he went to start uh running faster and even like tried like kind of pushing, shoving you to the side to like try to get you uh to try to see if he could get you uh, off balance, but. Um, I think you're able to just like sidestep him and, you know, he's a little bit slower. Uh, you're able to sidestep him and he's just like, he's just kind of like, all right, all right. Well, all right. I guess probably wouldn't be safe for me to be on a top bunk anyway with my, uh, I might, I might just, uh, he's crashed down and, uh, just take one of you, uh, take one of you all out anyway. So he kind of brings up the rear, um, just kind of as the, as you race in, I think, um, uh, so I think that probably uh, Glenn, Rangrim, uh, Cosmo, and then um, and then Bryn, um, as uh, as you all get in this room, and I'll say it's it's very uh, you know it's humble, but it's it's very clean. Uh, it's it's a very like you know the linens are good. Like it's a it's a nice it's a nice spot. Like it's no like you know it's no five star hotel, but it's a it's a solid like clean motel. Like it's, it's, it's a good place. Um, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's little bedside tables. You can see that there are, um, there are weirdly like these, um, these big barrels of meat that are sitting over these like kind of like razors of, uh, of like coals to like keep them warm, which you like, I don't think that Cosmo and Rangram have ever seen like, uh, I think maybe you would first assume that it's like more of this mold mold mead um, as you're uh, as you're kind of going into this place, but uh, you know there there's four of them up there and they're all just kind of like tapped with uh, little spigots on them, uh, and they're it's it's just kind of an odd sight, but um this uh, this room is uh, seemingly pretty comfy. Do you guys tuck into the the weird warm ale before going to bed? Oh, Rangrim, look, there's more mead for us. Yeah, but it's it's kind of warm and it's making me comfy. That's all right. Rangram's like probably like drinking like a big. <laughs> Does it even bother you that it's like warm ale? No, I don't think it bothers him the slightest bit. I was gonna say you're you're a few cups in already at this point. It's kind of like at some point it just all is the same. Naturally. How about you, Cosmo? How do you handle this warm ale? Um, would it be a saving throw, or is it just Constitution a... saving throw? Yeah. Okay. With with advantage because you're a dwarf. All right. I don't think that that, that I don't think that's totally necessary. Plus forty-five to Constitution. I'm sure. What's that? So you're probably like a plus forty-five to Constitution. Something like that. Uh, it's a dirty 20, but um, uh, Cosmo takes some of this, and I don't think he's really good at hiding just how bad it is. Of just like, <laughs> it 
It's really tasty. Thanks, it, it, Glenn. I, they said it was like a local tradition. It, it seems strange, but I don't want to, uh, you know, insult them. Just remember, fuck the new gods, and it kind of all goes away. Yeah, for them maybe. That bad taste. <laughs> I don't think it lingers a little too long for that one. I think as you say, fuck the new gods, you're actually like, you've heard it uh, like echoed back to you so many times that as no one says it, it kind of sounds weird that no one like says it after you, like kind of like you kind of chants it after you say it. It sounds weird that no one says it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I totally misspoke. Uh, Glenn cast thaumaturgy, fuck the new gods and just like <laughs> blasts it through the room. <laughs> it's so loud that you hear people from downstairs go, fuck the new gods. <laughs> um. I, oh gosh, um, I love it. Um, I think that uh, yeah, I think that uh, the, I think the four of you kind of like you know enjoy yourself. I think have like a, a good time laughing about this uh, ridiculous ale. I think that you know as you guys get kind of later into your cups, uh, I know I know uh, Glenn had a few of those uh, those road um, you know the the, the road cocktails, and uh, I think you all have like a nice um, just kind of a, a nice chill evening. Uh, maybe bust out the dragon chest at some point and uh, have just like a, a very chill night. Um, and uh, as you think, as you all are uh, settling into bed, obviously like Bryn doesn't need to sleep, but I think he still like sits down on the bottom bunk and he's just like chilling there. And you, um, I think that you see like, um, I think you've seen him a couple times do this. I think he's just sitting there like kind of flipping that coin uh, over in his, in his hand and just like looking at it. Um, and um, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that this is something like that all of you see, but I think that like Glenn is like, you know, you're like as you're kind of going into your trance i think you're seeing this um and i i don't think it's been like super long after uh you know the three of you or the two of you have gone to sleep and uh and glenn has entered into his kind of like um you know trance state um that i think you hear uh what sounds like heavy footfalls rushing um kind of upstairs uh and then like down the hallway towards your room and i think uh you see, uh, Glenn, I think you're alerted to it as uh, Bryn kind of uh, stands up and like hits the the top bunk with his shoulder. I think jostling uh, Cosmo, I'll just say you're above him. Um, I think jostling you awake as he kind of stands up um, and uh, just kind of like grabs the the hilt of his sword off of the table. Um, and uh, as, these, as, as this kind of like rushing comes towards the room, I think Glenn, you're alerted to it as well. Um, and you, uh, there's just like a... Uh, you hear like a, a heavy, a heavy kind of knocking on the door. Um, and, uh, you, you hear, uh, what sounds like, uh, you know, what sounds like, uh, Doss's voice going, Hey, um, enough another, but, uh, uh, you boys want to let me in? I come bearing tidings. Uh, we love tidings. Uh, Brent, open the door. It's friendly ish. It's safe kind of. <laughs> He's like, he's like looking back at you and goes, do we have like a safe word or something like that? Oh, whatever. And he kind of like goes over to the door and like uh, opens it up. And uh, you see Doss, who's, uh, who's still in the door frame. I think that Tom is, uh, is behind him. Um, and you could probably tell that Tom's actually the one who knocked. And then uh, Doss was just like sitting there, like kind of like just standing in front of him, but like Tom's towering over him. Uh, and Doss like kind of like out of breath. It's just like, okay. Uh, ooh, okay. What does... That was um, that was a bit of a run. Okay. Um, listen. Okay. Uh, okay. You're in your chest. Uh, 
he's looking up at Glenn uh, on top of the bunk. Goes, okay, hey, you're gonna, you're just gonna love this. Oh, <laughs> anyone got some water or something? He like reaches over and like fills uh, a tub of like the uh, with uh, with the ale, and it's like still warm on the braziers, and just like takes a drink of it. He goes, oh my god, that's foul. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I have some so uh, much worse. I have some wonderful news for you. Uh, he's like, okay. <laughs> His body isn't as uh, he's young as it used to be. He's like sits down, uh, still kind of like making a face up that ale. He's like, okay, all right. I just got word from some of my uh, my informants. Listen, and he smiles uh, large as he looks up at Glenn and, and kind of uh, goes, "We found it, Glenn. We found it. No shit." We found the lair of that gold dragon, Goldbreak. And that is where we're going to leave the session tonight. Ah, shit. Bryn, you gotta go home. <laughs> Was you live in the lair? I don't think Bryn knows that uh, you were doing that, so that just got spilled. Oh, yeah, that's true. Even better. Those beans just got spilled. <laughs> Those well-seasoned beans are spilled. Dragon v. Dragon, let's go! <laughs> well, let's kill your best friend with your ancestors. Let's party! Hopefully that, hopefully, Goldbreak's not dragon ass, and he, uh, he can really help you guys. That's the hope, Hell, right? even if he is, dragon ass is more than we got. <laughs>